here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Well, Happy New Year to you. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, today. He will be back with you on Monday. And my, oh, my, do we have a lot to talk about today, including this fabulous Republican senator that is coming into Washington and decided that his first order of business, insert sarcasm here, was to go after his colleague, who is also Republican, who happens to be the President of the United States of America, named Donald Trump. Uh, this guy that I'm talking about is a guy, and I just I, I think history matters, right? So let's just look at the resume of this guy. This is the guy, before I give you his name, I'm just going to go through his resume. This is the guy who lost to Barack Obama. He was rejected by the American people. In fact, he only got 206 electoral votes. You compare that to our president, who got 304 electoral votes, uh, this is a guy who was a never-Trumper, then begged for a job from Donald Trump. He wanted to be Secretary of State or basically anything that made him important again. This is a guy who uh, did not fight very hard against Barack Obama when he was running for president. And this guy's name is, you probably guessed it right, a guy by the name of Mitt Romney. This is a guy that has literally not come up with the goods since he ran for president. This is a guy that decided to run for the Senate because he didn't have a job that made him significant. And so Mitt Romney decides he's going to come out and he runs for Senate. He runs, he wins. No one was really surprised. I mean, that's an election that really you could buy in Utah. Uh, And this is a guy that decides to run for office. And the first thing he does coming into Washington, he hasn't even been sworn in yet. Remember, they're not even in yet, is to take and placate to the left. Now, I I think part of this, and people need to understand why Mitt Romney decided to write this op-ed attacking the President of the United States of America. It's it's 100% self-serving in nature. What Mitt Romney decided to do was he decided, all right, I'm going to go to the most liberal newspaper in town, the Washington Post. I'm going to write a op-ed ripping the president of the party that I'm in the day before I get sworn in, and then everybody in Washington will love me and I'll feel important. This is about insecurity. This is a guy who got his brains beaten against Obama, and so what he wants to be is significant again. And I think he realizes that it doesn't matter really what he does in the Senate because he's probably going to get reelected based on the state he comes from and how few voters there are. He can do a lot of a lot of things and still get reelected or at least keep his job for the next several years, six years. Why would any Republican do what Mitt Romney did? The only reason why you do this is because you want to feel important. You want to feel, I guess, fill a void that you see that is a possibility for you and your career, which is to say, I am the next flake. Referring to Jeff Flake. I am the next John McCain. I am the next anti-Trump senator. I'm going to carry that baton. That's part of the reason why you do this. But it's even simpler than that. What Mitt Romney really decided to do here 
is he just wanted to be relevant. He wanted to be significant. He wanted to be always quoted in the articles. He wanted to always uh, have his name be out there. He wanted to be a Washington insider. He wanted to be a player day one. So how do you get that job? Well, what you do is you decide I'm going to be the anti-Trump guy, and then everybody's going to want to quote me all the time, and they're always going to want to come to me whenever they need anything that's anti-Trump from a Republican's perspective. That's exactly the reason why Mitt Romney decided to write this article. The other thing about this article that I just think is something that this op-ed that he wrote that I also laugh at is, dude, if Mitt Romney, and I mean this sincerely, I'm not joking when I say this. When Mitt Romney ran for president, I had good friends that worked on his campaign. I could not work on his campaign. I didn't, meaning I could not because I didn't believe in the guy. Uh, I remember talking to baby cannon who was on that campaign i remember having conversations about that campaign uh and i just couldn't get fired up to work on that campaign now i worked on the bush campaign in 04 i cared about that president i supported that president i believed in that president i believed that he was going to keep us safe i believe he did the right things after 9 11 i believe that he was a, a, an incredible president for us in a time of turmoil after osama bin laden did what he did There was none of that fire and vigor in Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney was a bad candidate from day one, and Mitt Romney was the establishment's pick because he was predictable. And Mitt Romney was also very uh, easily influenced. Mitt Romney did not really have a lot of hardcore conservative values that you couldn't screw with. Mitt Romney could easily be manipulated. That is exactly the reason why the establishment picked him. Because they could control him. The swamp could control him. The same way that the swamp is controlling him now before he even gets sworn in to attack Donald Trump. Because that's what the swamp wants. That's what they want him to do. So Mitt Romney comes out with this article. And I mean this, when I was reading it, I'm going, man, this guy could have been president of the United States of America. I mean, while I was reading this article, I literally was thinking to myself, dude, this guy literally could have been president of the United States of America if he would have fought this hard against Obama as he is against Donald Trump, who's in his same party, who he has to work with. Remember, Mitt Romney doesn't get anything done without the president's signature. Let's be clear. Why would you write this article? It makes no sense unless it's for your own personal gain, your personal reasons, for your own personal narcissism. Because you want to be a a player inside of Washington. You want to be loved by the Washington Post. You want to be loved by the, the establishment media. You want to be loved by the establishment and all of the different people in Washington that can't control Donald Trump. If he would have done this, it would have been unbelievable. If he would have fought this hard against Obama, he might have actually won the thing. Hell, he might be in a second term in office. If Mitt Romney would have had this type of vigor when he was campaigning for president, we may not have had the second four years of Obama. But instead, you got an empty suit, a hack. I mean, the best, if you think about it, the biggest and the best noise Mitt Romney's ever made. In the eyes of the media is him ripping on Donald Trump. Who's being played here? I mean, you want to talk about a people pleaser. Mitt Romney is that guy. 
Mitt Romney literally was so desperate to become relevant again that he said, all right, I'll run for Senate and then I'll rip on Trump just so people will notice that I'm still here. If he would have done this against Obama, what he's doing now against Trump, he would have been enjoying his, there's a very good chance, his second term in office. And the swamp loves him. The establishment loves him. And I guess that's what he really wanted out of this. He wanted the swamp to just love him. Now, let's talk about the reality of what this did. What this did was play to, the only people that are happy about what Mitt Romney said here are Democrats. Democrats are the only people that are happy about this, and establishment Republicans who hate Trump. But really, the majority is Democrats. They love this. Think about how stupid Mitt Romney looks, even to Democrats. They don't think Mitt Romney's a hero. They don't have respect for Mitt Romney because they did this. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are sitting there laughing their AWSs off at the fact that Mitt Romney actually took the bait and actually did something this stupid. They're laughing at the fact that you have a Republican senator who hasn't even been sworn in yet who comes in and writes for the leftist liberal New York or Washington Post and writes this article attacking the president of the United States of America. They're laughing at him because this just shows you exactly why Mitt Romney lost. He doesn't understand politics. He doesn't understand that he's being used by the left. He doesn't understand that they are mocking him. They don't have a respect for him. There's nobody in the media that respects Mitt Romney for this. If anything, they just think this guy's a joke. Look at this idiot. Mitt Romney should have come to Washington, D.C. and should have, if he didn't like things about Donald Trump, have those conversations in private. But what good does it do? And I, I say this to the voters who voted for him. What good does this do for your agenda? The only way you can describe this as being 100% self-serving. Mitt Romney ripping on the President of the United States of America, whose signature he actually needs for any legislative agenda that he wants to get done. He didn't accomplish anything here. He didn't accomplish anything for his constituents. He didn't accomplish anything with it for his campaign promises or what he even campaigned on. Because everything that he campaigned on is not going to happen at the hands of the Democrats. So what Mitt Romney did, and if you really think about what this is, what Mitt Romney really did is he is he said, screw you to his constituents who just voted him in. I'm not here to represent you. In other words, I'm sorry I screwed you. You voted for me. I said I was going to represent you, but in reality, I'm not going to represent you. What I am going to do is represent my own personal interests And I'm going to do what I want to do because there is nothing that Mitt Romney can do without Donald Trump being involved for his constituents. There's no legislation. And if there's legislation that he wants to work on and the Democrats back him, let's say, it would be probably 99% of the time vetoed by this president. So he sold out his constituents. And that's the part that many people have forgotten to mention today as I've been watching this fallout is that what Mitt Romney just did, yeah, okay, it's infighting and everything else. But what this really is, Mitt Romney just screwed every person that voted for him in his state. Everything that he ran on is dead on arrival. If he's going to attack the president and think somehow it's going to be switched. It's not going to be switched. It's done. It's over with. 
And and Mitt Romney coming out here and and look, what he really wanted is he wanted to be interviewed. He wanted there to be a ton of press. He wanted to walk into Washington and his phone be blowing up by TV shows and reporters going, oh, my gosh, please come on my show. Please come talk to us. Oh, we're so happy that you're here, Mr. Senator Romney. We're so glad off the record, Mr. Romney, Senator Romney, that you got elected. It's about time we had someone with your compass here. That's what they're saying to him. Every one of these shows that he goes on, they are going to stroke his ego. In the meantime, when he walks out of the room, they're laughing at him. There's not a single show that's having him on that's not laughing at him because they know what they're doing. They're using this guy. They're using this guy who has an R by his name, which stands for Republican, to attack the President of the United States of America, and that's what they wanted, and this guy was dumb enough to do it. Which goes back to the point I was making earlier. You want to know why Mitt Romney got his brains beat in? Got 100 electoral votes less, 100 electoral votes less than Donald Trump got against Obama when he ran against him? This is why he lost, because he doesn't even understand... What way is up and what way is down? You have a shutdown right now. And the American people don't want Dems to give in to Trump on the shutdown, is what Chuck Schumer said today. You're aiding and abetting the Democrats by putting this out there. You're aiding and abetting the Democrats by doing this. You're aiding and abetting the Democrats and and what they're trying to accomplish by attacking the President of the United States of America before you've even sworn in. And not just that. I go go back to the self-serving, narcissistic part of this. Mitt Romney just said, the hell with all you that voted for me. And every one of the voters that's listening right now that voted for Mitt Romney, that put him in office, you get exactly what you deserve here. You get it exactly what you deserve. You get exactly what you deserve. You voted for a guy who clearly doesn't care about you, and you gave him a title and a platform, and now what he's doing is he's going after this president of the United States of America who you should be working with. You should be working with him. If you want to get anything done for your people, any of the agenda items that you say you want to get done for your people, you should be working with him, not against him. I want to get your phone calls in here. We'll play some of Mitt Romney. The president responded. And by the way, I thought the way the president responded was incredibly, quote, presidential, which is, you know, of course, Mitt Romney said this, 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 this man has not risen to the office of the presidency. One of those other narcissistic lines that doesn't help his constituents get any of their stuff done they want to get done. one 381 381-3811. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. All right, welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one who will be back with you on Monday. It's really nice to have you. Happy New Year. And Mitt Romney decided, I want to go to Washington as a Republican. And before one single thing is done, I'm going to rip the President of the United States of America, who's in my same party. This is nothing but narcissism. This is nothing but Mitt Romney trying to act like he's some sort of, and I really do think he's trying to become Jeff Flake, Jeff Flake. 
Uh, because Jeff Flake gets on TV all the time. And Mitt Romney clearly is obsessed with being relevant again. So the way to get on TV all the time is to say, all right, I'll be this anti-Trump Republican. I'll write the op-ed in the Washington Post right before I get sworn in. I'll put myself to uh, to be the bearer of this type of, you know, hold Trump accountable truth. That's going to be my thing. Just listen to what he had to say on Jake Tapper's show on CNN earlier. When you say that you have issues with his character and you talk about his integrity and honesty, the suggestion being that he lacks integrity and honesty, what specifically has he done that has bothered you? Uh, what, is, what is the rhetoric that has come from his mouth, his actions that, that trouble you the most? Well, over the course of the last two years, uh, I have put out a number of statements that relate to things that were of a great concern to me. Uh, the Charlottesville uh, response by the president was something that gave me great concern. Uh, the support for Roy Moore in the Senate race was something I was very, very concerned about. Uh, his uh, attack on the media, I wrote an entire piece about that. Uh, so I've, I've laid out time and again places where I disagree with the president, and I think it's very important uh, for a president to demonstrate uh, the qualities of integrity and, and honesty, uh, forthrightness, empathy, and respect for the institutions of our democratic republic. I think those are all parts of the job. And uh, while I agree with him on a lot of policy fronts and, and, and salute the work that's been done by uh, the Republican leadership in Washington, uh, there are places that relate to the, if you will, forming of national character that I think we can do a better job. We'll have more on this coming up on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Don't go away. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add, but this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve, and subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. All right, welcome back. It is the Ben Ferguson Show. It is so nice to have you with us. If you just joined us, we are chatting right now. Um, or I say it's Mark Levin Show. Sorry, I do my own show every day. You forget. Uh, filling in for Mark Levin. There we go. That's a better way of putting that. He will be back with you on Monday. Uh, we're talking about Mitt Romney. And Mitt Romney is a guy that people need to remember the history. Mitt Romney didn't take it to Barack Obama because he was some sort of statesman. He's, he's a man that's just not going to go low. And he got his brains beat in. He's a man that got beat in, in the debates. As soon as the first debate was over, I was like, well, that's it. We're done. That's it. It's over. We've lost this thing. Get ready for another four years. 
of Barack Obama because this guy who is the establishment's pick, who everybody in the establishment wanted, who everybody in the establishment said was the right one. This is what happens when the establishment, remember, this is the same establishment that gave us Jeb Bush. These types of candidates that don't believe in anything except for being unique or different don't under don't listen to people because they're elder statesmen and they know better than all of us. This is what you get. And so Mitt Romney comes to Washington and I just I laugh at this because the media is the one that's laughing in his face behind his back, I should say. He walks in a room and he wanted to be important and relevant. He wanted to be the next Jeff Flake and he got it. And the media walks in they, and they say to him off the record, I've seen it. I, I Look, I work in TV and radio. I've seen it a million times. Mr. Senator, I'm so glad you're here. Look, off the record, I just want to say we're so glad that you are saying what you're saying. Somebody needs to say it. And Mitt Romney goes, oh, thank you. Well, you know, I'm just trying to lead and do the right thing. But No, you're just trying to get on TV. You're just trying to be relevant again. You're just trying to be important. That's all you're trying to do. Now, I have to tell you that the history of this is the part that everybody should be talking about here. When I read this op-ed written by Mitt Romney in the Washington Post, the most liberal newspaper in D.C. that hates the president, I couldn't forget the picture of Donald Trump and Mitt Romney meeting in New York City having dinner together. I couldn't forget... Mitt Romney, who did that press conference being the anti-Trump guy. Remember that? The anti-Trump press conference, the never-Trumper. He's going to be the voice of reason. And again, that was him being played by the media. There were people in the established media said, Mitt, you're the last guy to have the nomination. You are the, you know, in many ways still the stater bearer of the Republican Party. And, and you need to come out and you need to be on the record against Donald Trump. And he said, okay, I'll do it. He's a useful idiot. There, that's the best way I can say it. I want you to write that down, Mr. Producer, and I stand behind it. Mitt Romney is a, write it down, is a useful idiot for the left and the media. Mitt Romney is a useful idiot for the left and the media. He gets played. He's a useful idiot. They, they, they know how to use him. They don't care about Mitt Romney, and they sure as hell don't care about what Mitt Romney has to say. The same media that trashed Mitt Romney, the same media that turned him into a dog abuser because he had a kennel on top of his minivan or station wagon back in the day. Remember that scandal? This is the same media that destroyed Mitt Romney now as, oh, Mr. Romney, you are senator-elect. Oh, you're such a great man. Thank you for doing these. Pre- Thank you for calling out the president. Thank you for being honest about this president. Of course, off the record. You want to know how slimy this useful idiot is in Mitt Romney? He's so slimy that he was begging for a job to work for Donald Trump. He went from, I'm having a press conference saying no to Donald Trump's agenda. I'm the head of the never Trumpers of the Republican establishment to then the Republican establishment saying, well, we need your voice. We need your voice, so maybe you should go work for Donald Trump. And then he begged for a job, and Donald Trump didn't hire him. Thank the Lord. I was one of those that said uh, to Donald Trump, do not hire this guy. 
He will stab you in the back. He is not the person you want around you. He's not going to serve you. He's going to he's going to leak information. He's going to serve uh, his own interests. He's going to serve the establishment. He is the Jeff Flake, John McCain of Congress. And he didn't get the job. And so now he comes out. He's like, well, for the past two years, I've been calling out this president. And here's the list of things that I've been saying. And I got to do this. So so you come to Washington, you sell out all the people that elected you, because now what are you going to get done for them? The Democrats aren't going to sign your bills, Senator Romney. The Democrats aren't going to support your legislation. The Democrats aren't in charge of the White House. They're not going to listen to you. They don't care about you. You just sold out all your constituents and everything that they supported you for because right now you have no one that will listen to you. Right now you got nothing. You got no one that's going to help you get anything done. No one's going to pay attention to you. No one's going to listen to you. No one's going to support what you're doing. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. We'll get your phone calls in here. Uh, also, I just I put up a a, a, a poll tweet out there. If you want to, and it's interesting to see the response already. Just so who do you stand by, Mitt Romney or Donald Trump? If you want to get if you're if you're a tweeter out there, Ben Ferguson show on Twitter, you can cast your vote there. Now, let's get to your phone calls on this. Oh, before we do that, Mr. Producer, can we play that second clip of Mitt Romney grandstanding? Just just listen to Mitt Romney grandstanding Jake Tapper show. The useful idiot Mitt Romney, listen to this. Well, you've called him a fraud. I mean, in 2016, you gave a very strong speech uh, in, in the was it in Utah or Arizona calling him a, a fraud. Um uh, some people who are allied with the president, some people who are not allied with the president say, hey, you know, the president uh, endorsed you in your Senate race and you accepted the endorsement. The president pointed that out today. Uh, you interviewed for a job with him to be potentially secretary of state. Uh, what changed? Why were you willing to talk to him and accept his endorsement when you have all these reservations about him? Well, you know, after he was elected president, uh, it was very much my hope. Uh, that he would rise to the occasion, rise to the mantle of the office. Uh, after all, becoming president of the United States is uh, quite an elevation for anybody. Uh, and he has said during the campaign that he could be extraordinary presidential. When I hear that, I think of Washington and Lincoln and, and Jefferson and, and uh, uh, Roosevelt and, and Kennedy and, and uh, Eisenhower. And, and I think of those qualities. And, and I think that while he spoke of that uh, and while that was my hope, uh, I, I don't think he's followed through uh, on that front uh, the way he's followed through on some of his other promises. The, the, the biggest load of crap about, about Mitt Romney, this useful idiot for the left and for the media, is that there's never a time, I guarantee you, in Mitt Romney's life ever where he truly thought that Donald Trump was going to be George Washington. I mean, we're just getting into this. Just, I mean, this is just making you know what up as you go. There's no way that Mitt Romney ever was sitting there going, well, I thought he was going to be George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson. Are you crazy? You never thought that. This is that useful idiot grandstanding. You go out there with these talking points. Well, I was hopeful he was going to be the next George Washington. You never thought he was going to be the next George Washington. You were an opportunist. You were irrelevant. You wanted to be relevant. You wanted to be important. You wanted to be significant. 
you wanted to be important, you wanted to be significant, so you were willing to be a chameleon to whoever was in power, and that was Donald Trump. And once you realized that that door was closed, you said, all right, now what I do? I guess I'll run for Senate. And then you said, all right, what do I need to do now to be relevant? What do I need to do now to be significant? And then you said, all right, I will be the anti-Trump Republican center, which does nothing to accomplish any of your goals that you promised the people that voted for you. That is why you're a useful idiot. And many of you listening may say, Ben, that's just too critical. You can't say that. Yes, I can. When you are this dumb... To come in and to be used by the Washington Post to write this anti-Trump article? you I mean, when you are this naive to think that the Democrats actually are going to work with you or care about you, that the media cares about you, Mitt Romney should go back and read the articles that were written about him and go back and watch the tape of the commentators who are begging him to come on their shows and remember what they were saying about him when he was running for president six and a half years ago. They hated this dude. They dismantled this dude. They destroyed him. And he got destroyed in the elections. one 381 3811 Let me get to some of your phone calls in here. Let me go to Carl. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Nice to have you with us, Carl. Go ahead. Hi, Carl. Oh, so whiskey. I'm sorry. Let me pull over. All right, Carl, we'll try to get you back in a second. For some reason, we're having issues. Let me go to Larry. Larry, you are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. How are you, Larry? Hey, Ben, how are you doing? Thank, thank, thank you so much for taking my call. I, I, I want to wish you a happy new year, first of all. You too. Uh, pleasure speaking to you. First of all, I want to know what one thing Mitt Romney has done for this country that Donald Trump has done in the, in the past two years. While he's in office, that's my first point. My second point is, where does Mitt Romney hold on border security? Because obviously, in today's politics, when you're voting for a Republican, you're pretty much voting for the border wall. We're voting against the border wall, and the people from Utah, I'm sure, when they voted for him, they were voting for this border wall. And if he lets them down, he's just another, like you said, just another useless idiot. That's there's another alligator in, in the swamp, and it's it's real, real. Well, I mean, you, you you look at. Uh, I'll give you a great example, and this is where the useful idiot, narcissistic part of Mitt Romney comes in—the self-serving, narcissistic part of Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney truly believes that he is smarter than everybody else in the room. Um, it's classic narcissism 101. Mitt Romney thinks and looks at a guy like Jeff Flake and goes, "Oh, I can get that much press attention." What, what they don't understand is this is exactly why they lose. The reason why Jeff Flake didn't run for re-election is because he knew he was going to lose. And narcissists never want to lose. So they just, they just a lot of times what they do is they just surrender and act like it's not surrendering. What it is, it's surrendering. I mean, it's Lamar Alexander, Bob Corker from Tennessee, another great example. They, sur- they surrender. They know they can't get re-elected, and so they surrender, but they act like it's, well, I've served my country so well. And I've served my country well, and so what I'm trying to do is I'm just – it's time for someone else to come in and lead. The, the reality about Mitt Romney is, is that Mitt Romney did, it, it has done nothing politically to make a difference in this country. He hasn't lowered taxes. He hasn't fought hard for the border wall. 
In fact, he's done more harm for this country than he's done good for this country statistically. He got he allowed Barack Obama another four years in office. What a shame. And what I mean, think about think about that. If you're going to run for president of the United States of America, you sure as hell better bring it. And Mitt Romney did not bring it. The I, I truly believe this. If Mitt Romney would have brought it against Obama the way he's bringing it against Trump right now, I truly believe he would be president for the last six years. I think he really would be the president of the United States of America for the last six years. Larry, I appreciate the phone call. It's, a ben, it's ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right, welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one who will be back with you on Monday. Happy New Year to you. If you just joined us, uh, I am saying congratulations and welcome to the newest establishment, Swamp GOP Center, Mitt Romney. Uh, I give him big accolades. Great job for being the newest useful idiot for the liberal media and Chuck Schumer. By the way, I said this earlier, I'll say it again to Mitt Romney. They don't like you. They don't respect you either. They may invite you to come on their shows, and they may tell you how proud they are that there's a senator like you in Washington, but they laugh at you. You're being exploited. You're their idiot, and they're playing you. And the fact that you don't understand this, that you can't figure this out, is embarrassing. Uh, I put the I put up the question, by the way, who do you stand with, Donald Trump or Mitt Romney, on my Twitter feed, if you want to vote in that. Uh, so far, 85% of you are saying you still stand with Donald Trump. 15% say you stand with Mitt Romney. Uh, Donald Trump, I, will, I want to say, I give him a lot of credit. Um, I, give him a, I give him an awful lot of credit for the way that he handled this today at the cabinet meeting when the media asked him about Mitt Romney. Listen to what the – and this is presidential. Listen to how – cool and calm Donald Trump was in responding to Mitt Romney, calling him out the way he should have. Here it is. Well, I wish Mitt could be more of a team player. You know, I'm surprised he did it this quickly. I was expecting something, but I was surprised he did it this quickly. And, you know, look, uh, I endorsed him. He thanked me very profusely. It was very nice. Uh, But I am surprised because we've done a lot. And he actually says it. I read his op-ed. He said it. You know, he agrees and I don't think he would be able, I don't think anybody would have been able to do the tax cuts like I did. We got the greatest tax cuts ever. We got Anwar approved in the tax cuts. I mean, he's right. I love how he says, I, I mean, I expected something from him, but I thought he'd be a team player. That, that's my, I mean, that's my whole point here. How are you not a team player on this one? I mean, come on. You hadn't even been sworn in yet. You're already the useful idiot for the left. And and all of you that are responding to me saying, Ben, you can't say that about Mitt Romney. If you don't want me to call you a useful idiot, then don't be a useful idiot. It really is that simple. 1-877-381-3811. Let me go to Mike. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. How are you, Mike? I'm good, Ben. Listen, you're you're exactly on point. Mitt Romney has always been that way. He's not going to change. We as conservatives have to realize that these Democrats are not going to change. They're not going to come to our side. 
They're not going to vote the way we need them to vote. We need to work around them. It's got to. We've got to make a change. I, I, if I was a if I was a conservative in his state, I would immediately do everything I could to find the next person to run against him and get him ready, because he just sold out the entire conservative agenda for the entire state. All because he is a useful idiot of the left. I'm serious. You guys got screwed. Mitt Romney is, I mean, you might as well have a Democrat representing you. Because everything that he said he was going to do for you, everything that he said he was going to fight for, his entire agenda cannot be accomplished if you're always working with the Democrats. You didn't, all you did is to the voters who voted for you say, hey, thanks for giving me a new job. I wanted the hell with you and your agenda. Mark Levin Show, a lot more coming up. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Welcome, it is the Mark Levin Show, Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one who will be back with you on a Monday. So, uh, I time-stamped it just to make sure. At 37 minutes after the hour, in the last hour, I laid out part of my case for why Mitt Romney is nothing but a useful idiot for the left and the media. I just got a note on Twitter from a reporter asking me if I still stand by those comments. (laughs) Yes! I absolutely, and I, I wrote back, I said yes, and I will explain to you why, because I don't have time to talk to you, I'm hosting a radio show. I will explain to you why, Mr. Member of the Media, right now, why I stand behind my comments that Mitt Romney is a useful idiot for the left and the liberal media. If you want to take notes, take notes. Let's go through it here. Mitt Romney never fought this hard against any Democrat which is one of the reasons why he's a useful idiot. Mitt Romney never attacked Barack Obama with the same type of vigor that we're now seeing him attack Donald Trump with. Reason number two, why he's a useful idiot. 
Then there comes in the part that's just nothing but just flat out um, narcissism. And also it just shows a complete lack. And this is important of his own moral compass, his own uh, his own virtues, his own belief system. You know, Mitt Romney's always out there acting like he has some higher moral ground that he's standing on than, than, than other people, and that would include Donald Trump, that he has some different set of values that he lives by that he believes in more than Donald Trump, and that's why he's better than Donald Trump. Okay. Useful idiot reason number three. If you are so hell-bent on your moral beliefs and, and, and Donald Trump holding him accountable and attacking him and writing this article where you're being played by the Washington Post as a useful idiot for them, then why did you accept the endorsement of Donald Trump, President of the United States of America, when you ran for Senate? I think it's, a, I think it's a, a, a question that should be answered. You accepted Donald Trump's endorsement. If you didn't like the damn president of the United States of America, then why did you accept the endorsement and advocate for the endorsement and want the endorsement of Donald Trump? If you are this, I am the light in the tunnel of darkness of the world of Trump, then why did you ask for that darkness to endorse your campaign? I'll tell you why. To win an election. I don't think Mitt Romney would have been the senator that he now is if it wasn't, if he would have, quote, stood by his moral beliefs. If, if Mitt Romney would have written this Washington Post article while running for the Senate, I don't think he would have won which also tells you that this is nothing but him being an opportunist. Mitt Romney, I don't believe anything he says because he wouldn't say it when it actually would matter to say it. When it when he was running for election, there's no shot in hell he would have said any of this, which means that he is nothing but a politician. He's nothing but a member of the swamp. He's nothing but a useful idiot for now the Democrats' agenda and the liberal media, which, by the way, trashed him when he was running against Obama and he got his brains beat in. Second thing, if Mitt Romney believes all this crap that he claims now that he believes in as this, this narcissistic individual who acts like he's better than everybody else, that he has the moral compass of the world, uh, of the Republican Party on his back, that he is the truth teller, standard bearer of what is right and wrong in the Republican Party, then why did you go beg for the president to select you Secretary of State? You're, you're, not, you're not just a man that has no moral compass. You're a man that will sell out to anything just to get into power. You want to know why Mitt Romney wrote this article? It's because he, he is, he's clearly extremely uh, insecure and wants to be loved by somebody. Well, you can't out-Trump Trump in the Republican Party. No one is ever going to love Mitt Romney as much as the Republican uh, voters love Donald Trump. And if you don't believe me, just look at how bad Mitt Romney got his A-double-S kicked when he was a Republican nominee. Mitt Romney, by the way, today said he wanted to clarify he won't endorse Trump in 2020. Well, then why did you take his endorsement in 2018? Mr. Producer, am I allowed to say jackass on the radio? Okay, all right, just making sure. I mean, this is a jackass move. 
you take the endorsement of the President of the United States of America in 2018, but then you come out after you win and you say you won't endorse Donald Trump in 2020. Let's be also honest about something here. Do you really think that Donald Trump needs the endorsement of Mitt Romney? No. You, In fact, if you're Donald Trump, the last endorsement you would want would be coming from a guy like Mitt Romney. It wouldn't help you with Republican voters. It would hurt you with Republican voters. And then this is something these are these are things that narcissists and and, and 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 psychotic politicians say. He also went on to say, well, I'm not going to run either. Well, of course, you're not going to run for president. You got your brains kicked in last time. Why the hell would you th- why you wouldn't run now? Because you wouldn't one, you wouldn't win you two, You wouldn't beat Donald Trump in a primary. And three, to even imply that anyone wants you. No one out there is telling Mitt Romney, please run for president. No one. Except maybe the left. Except maybe the media that's embracing him now is the next Jeff Flake. But this is what he wants. He wants to walk around the halls of the Senate and feel relevant. Well, you are now. You're relevant because the left is going to prop you up because you are their useful idiot. You're also, and again, I, I cleared it with a produ- Mr. Producer. You're a jackass. You're a jackass that took the endorsement of Donald Trump in 2018, and then you act like it, like you're some sort of kingmaker, and you say, "I, but I, I will not endorse Donald Trump in 2020." You're a jackass. That's something that jackasses do. There, to the reporter that asked me if I stand by my comments, the answer is yes. Do I regret anything that I just said? No. My commentary on Mitt Romney is well thought out. I don't take any of it back. I want to make that abundantly clear. You are, and the thing is, is I go back to the voters of Mitt Romney's state. You guys got played. Tell me how writing this op-ed and going to war with the president of the same party that you represent is going to help any of your constituents. Can someone explain that to me? Tell me how any of your agenda is going to get accomplished if you go to Washington and you go to war with the pre because the Democrats aren't one. You didn't vote for the Democratic agenda. That's the reason why you voted for Republican. And the Democrats aren't going to do anything that Mitt Romney wants them to do because that doesn't fit their agenda. So what did he just do to you? What he did to you is he said, thanks for making me a U.S. senator. I just sold every one of you out. Every one of those that voted for him, you just, I mean, you guys got, I feel, I actually do kind of feel bad for you. Because he took the endorsement of the President of the United States of America, implying that he would work with this President to get things done that you wanted done. And at the very same time, while he was taking the endorsement of the President of the United States of America, he then immediately does a 180, becomes a Jeff Flake, and says, I will not endorse the President of the United States of America. And, and, and again, I have to go back to the, the point here uh, of just total insane narcissism. What makes you think that the President of the United States of America would want your endorsement anyway? Not just that. That would. I mean, I, I would argue that a Mitt Romney endorsing Donald Trump would be bad for Donald Trump. It's like when they were saying, well, Jeb Bush and the uh, aren't going to endorse 
you know, I refuse, and the Lindsey Grahams are saying, I'm not going to endorse Donald Trump. That only helped him. It's a fact, by the way, that it only helped him. It only helped him because it gave him even a stronger kind of list of credentials, of reasons why real conservatives should vote for him. If you're a real conservative and and, and, a, and a Jeb Bush or a Lindsey Graham or, or some of these other yahoos out there, you know, they sit there, they're like, well, I'm not going to endorse the president. You know, I'm not going to endorse Donald Trump. I just can't do it. All that does is say, well, obviously he's the guy we want. These other useful idiots aren't going to endorse him. Great. Donald Trump doesn't need Mitt Romney's endorsement. He has the endorsement of the American people, the same American people that did not vote for Mitt Romney for president. The same uh, country, the same Republicans that overwhelmingly supported Donald Trump are the same Republicans that did not support Mitt Romney because they felt like he was not a good candidate. He didn't inspire you. He wasn't believable. He didn't take it to Barack Obama because he was trying to be the statesman. I'm going to have a civil debate. How'd that work out for you, jackass? You got your brains beat in. You did. You got your brains beat in. 1-877-381-3811. 1-877-381-3811. Ben Ferguson. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Ben Ferguson Show there. A lot more coming up on the Mark Levin Show. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. It is the Mark Levin Show. Nice to be with you. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one who will be back with you on Monday. Uh, If you just join us, we're talking about Mitt Romney, his big op-ed, you know, being a useful idiot for the left. Uh, I I, I said it earlier. I'll say it again. Why did Mitt Romney accept Trump's endorsement if he didn't like the president this much? You know, Ronna McDaniel, who's Romney's niece, a lot of people don't know that. She's also the chair of of the Republican National Committee, came out this morning bashing her uncle, saying, quote, and she's right, for an incoming Republican freshman senator to attack Trump as their first act feeds into what the Democrats and the media want and is disappointing and unproductive. Ari Flesher, former White House press secretary, uh, who I have a lot of respect for, he worked for Bush 43, said... I'm disappointed, Mitt Romney. His defining act as an incoming senator is to criticize President Trump. If Senator-elect Romney thinks Trump is a bigger problem than Nancy Pelosi or Senator Chuck Schumer, then he has a lot to learn about how things get done in Washington. There you have it. I couldn't, I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. And people say, oh, well, Mitt Romney, though, he was telling truth. All right. How many of you stick with this guy? one 381 3811 Scott, you're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Nice to have you with us. Go ahead. Hey, I'm a big fan of the show. Um, I do have an issue with a few things. Number one, I, I would tend to agree. I don't know why Romney had to pin the article now. I'm no huge Mitt Romney fan. I'm a Ted Cruz guy, so I'm not establishment. Uh, the problem I have is, any. first of all, I read the op-ed quickly, and I didn't see that 
he, I thought it was just an interview. I didn't know it was something he penned. I thought it was an interview he did. But if it was an op-ed, that does change my opinion. And if Romney came out and said he wasn't going to endorse him, then I think that's wrong. I do agree. That well, I mean, I mean, and this is, I mean, Romney wrote this op-ed for the Washington Post. It is, it is, it is literally Mitt Romney's own words, where he sat down, and he was again useful idiot for the left. And he said the present shapes the public character of the nation. Trump's character falls short. This is, I mean, this is by Mitt Romney, January 1, 8 o'clock at night. A Republican from Utah in the party's 2012 nominee for president will be sworn into the U.S. Senate on Thursday. I mean, this is the, how the byline is. It says the Trump presidency made a deep descent in December. The, so Nancy Pelosi didn't do anything wrong. Chuck Schumer didn't do it. I mean, this is your number one thing that you want to do. You want to come in here and you want to attack the president of the United States of America, America saying, who's of your party. How do you get anything done now? Because the Democrats aren't going to do anything for you. First of all, two things. I would agree it was unnecessary. But number two, he didn't he didn't endorse Nancy Pelosi. He's not going to do that. So now you're taking it too far. You're I'm not, not taking it too far. I, what I'm saying is, is if you are a Republican senator, if you, again, he took the endorsement, and this is important. He took the endorsement Donald Trump. He wanted the endorsement Donald Trump. And he wanted it because he knew that it would be invaluable for him with voters in Utah because they would say, okay, I'll support him because he's going to go support the president's agenda items, which I support. And now he comes to Washington, rips the president, and then says, oh, well, I'm not going to endorse him. One, the president doesn't need your endorsement. But two, it just shows you that, he, that that you were lying to your constituents. I mean, you had no problem taking his endorsement. Now you're acting like you wouldn't give an endorsement. You had no problem begging for a job to be secretary of state with this man. You had no problem doing that, which, again, shows that you have no scruples. You lied to your constituents and misled them Again, it's all I mean, this is to me all about misleading them. It's all about lying and misleading okay, to them. That minute, might be a better way of putting it. Here's my problem, because I, I I agree to start with it's unnecessary. So let's just agree with that. I don't know why Romney had to do that right now. Uh, number two, I'm not sure that I disagree with some of the things he said in the op-ed. I just think it might be uh, it was unnecessary. Number three, uh, he hasn't not supported any of the policies yet. So that hasn't happened. Number four. I think a big problem is no, people that will not criticize Trump for any reason. Did, did Romney need to? I don't think he needed to do that as his first act as senator. Agreed. But my a big problem I have is people that are unwilling to criticize Trump for. I, any I have here's my thing. I have criticized Trump. I've criticized Trump on my show. I've criticized Trump when I've been filling in for for Mark Levin here. Mark Levin has criticized the president when on, on certain issues. When you come in and you and you basically say this guy shouldn't be president and we shouldn't trust this president who who is of my party. But he didn't th- say he didn't say he shouldn't be president. That's not what he said. Dude, if, if uh, he dude, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is where I got it. This is where you got to I mean, you got to read his own words in the op ed. And, and clearly you read it too quickly. It was very clear in his own words that he believes that this man has a responsibility and has failed on all fronts. And he's beneath the presidency, beneath the job of president, Scott. Those were his own words. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin will be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? 
Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. When the going gets tough, a tough get. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. Welcome back. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin will be back with you on Monday. I got to get, uh, look, I know we've been talking about Mitt Romney and, and enough of, of Romney. I'm done with him. He's, he's, I've got other, I have real other issues to deal with. I've dealt with him tonight and I want to get something that's not been covered. Remember, uh, and many of you may have missed this story, one, because it was underreported, and two, it was the holidays. Uh, the day after Christmas on the 26th, there was an incredible story that came out of California. And it was a story about the American dream. It was a story about an individual that came to this country legally. It was a story about an individual that came to this country the legal and right way and then decided that he loved this country so much that he wanted to protect and defend it. And was willing to put his life on the line to do it, to protect you and I. Now, this is not someone born here. This is someone who wanted to become an American and ended up becoming an American. He became a police officer. And this police officer uh, did something that was incredible. He went out there and he protected people in California, a sanctuary state. He worked in an area that was considered a sanctuary city. And this police officer in California who legally immigrated to America was shot and killed the day after Christmas in a routine traffic stop gone wrong. The worst part is that the man who murdered him was actually in this country illegally. His police chief said that these crimes are able to happen due to sanctuary city laws and an open border in California. This story has not been told the way that it should be told. The story has been told as an American, you know, a cop gets shot by somebody. In fact, uh, MSNBC and some other news outlets, uh, their coverage didn't even tell the most important part of the story, which is the person who killed this legal immigrant who became one of the best of us, who became a police officer to protect us was killed by somebody that was here illegally and they completely admitted it from their stories. You know, Christmas is a time when families come together. Christmas is a time when people get days off of work. Law enforcement officers don't get a day off work. They're still out there working, risking their lives to keep us safe. That's exactly what this 33-year-old California corporal, Ronald Singh, 
who's a husband and a father who immigrated to America legally from Fiji, was doing when he was shot and killed. He stopped a a suspect that he thought was driving erratic drunk driving. That suspect, the illegal alien, decided, oh, yeah, I'll just kill a cop. There was a 55-hour manhunt. 32-year-old Gustavo Perez Ariaga was arrested, shocker, while fleeing to Mexico. Now, during the manhunt, the only thing that got this national attention was the fact that President Trump tweeted, and I'm quoting, There is now a full-scale manhunt going on in California for an illegal immigrant accused of shooting and killing a police officer during a traffic stop. Time to get tough on border security and build the wall. Now, the police officer's boss, the, the sheriff, Adam Christensen, called this a senseless act of violence and pointed out the difference between a man who broke the law to come to America illegally and the man who came to America legally to help uphold the laws. He said, quote, unlike Ron, who immigrated this country lawfully and legally to pursue his lifelong career of public safety, public service, and being a police officer, this suspect is in our country illegally. He doesn't belong here. He's a criminal. We will find him. We will arrest him. And we will bring him to justice. Now, I'm going to play for you in a few minutes what Christensen had to say. He was actually, this, this the police chief was on Fox News Channel, where he talked about Officer Singh as a shining example of American immigration. And this is exactly the type of immigration that I'm in favor of. I have no problem with anyone that wants to come to this country the right way, the legal way. You look at this individual, he came to America, he did it the right way, he came from Fiji, he wanted to be an American, he became an American, and he wanted to protect Americans. And he became a police officer, and it cost him his life, all at the hands of an illegal immigrant. And this police chief is spot on because he brought the clear distinction between one officer, the officer who was in this country legally, who did it the right way, who came here to serve his community, who, who, one, respected our laws and then wanted to uphold our laws. This police officer didn't think that the American laws were unfair towards immigrants. He thought they were fair, and he did it the right way. And he came to this country, and he played by our rules, and then he said, this country is so great, I'm willing to risk my life to protect and enforce these laws. And this police chief who's in California clearly frustrated with the politicalization of a national security issue that is allowed for his state to become a sanctuary state in a sanctuary city where he has to work. And it costs the life of one of his officers. Now, Christensen, this police chief, went on to show his support for agents working to protect us at the border, saying at the end of his interview that he shared his, his frustration that his home state of California is a sanctuary state. I mean, God bless this man. Now, the Democratic Party, they were asked about this. They were asked about on Sunday morning. And Democratic representative was asked about this issue. Democratic representative Jeffries. Hakeem Jeffries was asked about the fact that a police officer who came to this country the legal way, who came to this country 
and 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 loved this country and and loved the laws of this country and loved that so much that he was willing to protect and defend all of us and protect the laws of the land and stand up for the laws of the land was killed by someone who didn't respect our laws, who didn't care about our laws, and didn't care about the life of this police officer. And this 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 congressman is on TV, and he's asked about it on ABC this week. And I want you to just hear how sick of a response, how lack of empathy, how lack of compassion uh, there is from from this Democratic congressman because he doesn't care that this police officer is killed. He cares about illegal immigrants becoming his future voters. Listen to this. But I, I want to ask you first about the killing of a young California police officer, Ronel Singh. Uh, the suspect is an undocumented immigrant. This is what the sheriff said leading the investigation. He said California's sanctuary law stopped local authorities from reporting the suspect to immigration officials during two previous drunk driving arrests. You've defended sanctuary laws. The sheriff says if those laws hadn't been in place, Officer Singh would be alive today. Well, first of all, that was a very tragic situation. Uh, and my heart and my prayers go out to the officer's family as well as to the members of the law enforcement community who work hard, sacrifice themselves each and every day to keep us safe. My experience in New York has been different where members of the NYPD, clearly the most professional, highly trained law enforcement entity in the country, if not the world, uh, has been that these sanctuary laws actually help promote public safety by encouraging cooperation encouraging communication between community and police. I mean, wow. You, who are you representing? Who do you represent? Do you represent the American people or do you represent the illegal immigrants? Because the way you just answered that question, to me, it clearly sounds like you do not represent the American people. It clearly sounds like you represent the illegal immigrant. It sounds to me like the illegal immigrant is what matters to you. That's what it sounds like. You have no empathy. You have no uh, I, I mean, you have, a, you have a, a man that came to this country, and the reason why you heard him say what he said the way that he said it, I think is pretty obvious. The reason why he said it the way that he said it is because he had to get away as fast as he could from the facts. That you have a man that defended this country, that protected this country, and it cost him his life, who came to this country, who immigrated to this country legally. And loved that he got to do it the legal way. And then said, I love this country to the point where I really, what I really want to do is I want to, by golly, I want to defend this country and its laws that I abided by when I came here. They don't care about this guy. They don't care that that, that he died. He's collateral damage. This is 100% collateral damage because the Democrats and what you saw there uh, in in a situation where it was a no-brainer for him to show compassion is what the Congressman Jeffries did here saying that was a heartbreaking case. My thoughts and prayers got to the community and law enforcement, but my experience in New York has been different. Members of the NYPD, the most highly trained law enforcement entity in the country, has 
been has been that these sanctuary laws actually help promote public safety. Are you insane? You're advocating for the laws that allowed for this police officer to be murdered. You're advocating for these lo- the laws that took his life to advance. Whose side are you on, man? Are you on the side? I mean, I mean, who, who do you represent? Who is it that you represent? Do you represent the American people or do you represent the illegal immigrants? Because at this point, the way that you're acting, it was almost like you were talking in the same way that a lawyer would be speaking if he was representing the illegal immigrant and on TV on Sunday. And, I, and I'm not exaggerating. I mean, you think about what he just said there. It's almost the exact same way that a lawyer would speak if they were being interviewed about their client who had killed a cop. You want to know why Donald Trump needs to keep the, the government shut down to get the border funding done? This is exactly why. Shut it down and keep it shut down as long as it takes to protect the legal immigrants who come into this country just like this police officer who who die for this country and the freedoms that come with it, who are proud to be American citizens and uphold the laws, who respect our laws before they become American citizens. This police officer is the immigrant I'll take all day long. I love this immigrant. This immigrant's a bad A. This immigrant, I'll take 10,000 of them every month. I have no problem with someone coming to this country legally and falling in love with this country and then fighting for this country and wanting to serve this country because he loves it so much. This is an American hero. This is the, by the way, this is the melting pot. This is the Ellis Island. This is the, we all come from immigrants, talking point Democrats. This is the time, this is when I agree with it. These are the types of people I want to allow into this country. The ones who respect our laws and respect the country. And, and by the way, I, I, so, so people don't take me out of context here. I am not saying that every immigrant that comes to this country should be a police officer or should be in the military. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this immigrant who came here the right and legal way had a passion and love for this country. And it cost him his life at the hands of someone that clearly didn't love this country who didn't care about the laws of this country, who didn't respect this country, didn't respect our laws, didn't respect our law enforcers. And it cost him his life in cold-blooded murder. And this individual was allowed to roam free in the United States of America because of sanctuary city and sanctuary state laws in California. And then you have congressmen from New York saying, well, I actually think these laws are great. Congressman Jeffries, you're, you're, you're a sick person to respond this way to the murder of an incredible immigrant at the hands of an illegal immigrant. one 381 3811 one Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin.
Welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark, uh, the great one. He'll be back with you on Monday. If you just join us, we're chatting about this uh, incredibly uh, sad story of a legal immigrant from Fiji who loved this country, came to this country the right way, fell in love with it so much so he said, you know what, I want to defend it. Became a police officer and... The sanctuary state and city laws of California cost him his life the day after Christmas when many people were hanging out with their families. He was being murdered by an illegal immigrant. And, of course, the media has not given the story justice. One other thing that happened with this story that a lot of people don't know because the media is not going to report this. If you think that illegal immigrants act alone uh, and this is just unique and not normal, you're wrong. Uh, authorities have said that apparently seven more illegal aliens have been connected to this cop killer in California for helping him evade capture during that 50-plus hours. You have seven illegals giving this suspect sanctuary, protecting him, hiding him, trying to help him get back to Mexico. So he doesn't he isn't held accountable for killing a police officer. And my question is, how is that any different than the politicians of California that gave this guy the sanctuary city and state he needed? Aren't they accomplices in this murder as well? Didn't they help him? The Dems, I mean, the Democrats literally contributed to the murder of this police officer by aiding and abetting the illegal immigrants who are in California legally, and they know they're there illegally, they know they're breaking the law, and they actively give them a safe space, a safe place to be. They don't have to worry about being deported. They don't have to worry about being held accountable. They're helping them. They're 100% helping them. And everybody knows it. I mean, I mean, everybody can see this. California's politicians aided and abetted this individual. That's, that's what, I mean, that's what happened here. 1-877-381-3811. Mr. Producer, where'd you want me to go next? Which caller? I forgot which one you said. Let me go to Paul. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Hi. Hi. Thank you for taking the call. Paul, do me a favor. I didn't realize I got 30 seconds. Hold on for me. I want to give you a fair shake, all right? We'll come right back. We'll continue this conversation. one 381 3811 We'll also hear from this police officer's boss as he just called out California for contributing to his police officer's death. That coming up next on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Welcome, Hour 3, Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one who will be back with you on Monday. And if you missed the headlines coming out of California... Over the holidays, because you were spending time with your family, then you may not know the story of an incredible American hero. A police officer who 
well, wasn't a police officer when he first came to this country as a legal immigrant doing it the right way from Fiji. And an individual who fell in love with this country decided that he wanted to not just become an American citizen the right way, the legal way, but he wanted to defend this country's laws and values. You fast forward to the 26th of December, and what was supposed to be somewhat of a routine traffic stop ended up costing this police officer his life at the hands of an illegal immigrant. Now, think about that story for a second, what I just said to you. You have a legal immigrant serving this great country, killed by an illegal immigrant that has no respect for this country or our laws. Think about that. Think about think about how powerful that is. And this all happens because California has become a sanctuary state. It's not just sanctuary city, it's sanctuary state. A sanctuary state where they have made it clear that if you are an illegal immigrant, you will not be deported. We will not come after you. We will not hold you accountable. We will do nothing to stop it. Uh, stop you from being here. You want to come here, come on in. You want to be in our country illegally, come on in. You don't want to respect the laws of America, live here, stay here. We'll protect you. Now, we found out that on this run for the border to Mexico, that this illegal immigrant was helped by multiple other illegal immigrants. Multiple illegal immigrants. In fact, local news reports are saying that it looks like this illegal immigrant didn't have, you know, one or two other illegal immigrants helping him. No, seven more illegal aliens have been connected to this cop killer in California. They were all trying to help him evade capture. I would argue that there's no difference between these seven illegal aliens who were helping him evade capture and the politicians of California forgiving this man and his seven accomplishments a sanctuary city and state to live in, reside in, feel comfortable in, feel protected in. You know, all the Democrats, every time there's a child that dies at the border who comes to this country incredibly sick, and we do everything we can with our modern medicine to save these kids' lives, when their parents put them in harm's way, don't give them adequate food and water, and when they end up getting to our borders, we do whatever we can to help save their lives. They try to blame that on border security. They try to blame that on the on the Department of Homeland Security. They try to blame it on these men and women that protect this country but also are compassionate for the children when they do catch them and their parents. They try to blame their deaths on their actions, not the actions of the irresponsible parents who put their children in harm's way. We, we put parents in prison. We put parents in jail for leaving a kid in a hot car. Why don't we have the same mentality about a, a parent who puts their kids in a situation that could cost them their lives, breaking into this country illegally? My point is the media is out there trying to connect every child's death at the border to border security, blaming them, not the parents, for their death. 
Well, if we're going to have that mentality, then why is the media not doing the same thing when it comes to these seven illegal immigrants who were helping this illegal immigrant flee? And why aren't they holding the Democrats accountable for this murder of this police officer at the hands of, of, of politicians in a state and cities that say illegal immigrants come on in, we'll help you break our laws? We'll help you exploit the laws in America. The police chief, um, clearly, very much this is personal for him. Very angry that an incredible legal immigrant was killed by an illegal immigrant serving this country. Mr. Producer, I want you to play clip one of, of this police chief talking uh, about his officer who was murdered at the hands of this illegal immigrant. Officer Singh is the shining example of what immigration in America should be. This is a young man who immigrated here legally. It was his dream to come to America. It was his dream to be a police officer. And he worked hard to achieve that goal. And unfortunately, he sacrificed his life trying to defend and protect his community. Newman is very small. It's almost like Mayberry. These critical incidents don't occur And for this law enforcement agency, in the history of its existence, this is their first line of duty death. I mean, you you listen to that police um, chief, and this should be a story that is everywhere. This should be a story that should be national news about the two different men involved. One that is an incredible human being that became an American citizen that respected our laws and then wanted to uphold them and protect and defend them. And another who had no respect for the laws of this country. No respect for our way of life. No respect for anyone but himself and his own selfish ideals. Driving drunk, putting people's lives at risk, driving drunk, and then killing a police officer. And then having seven friends who helped him, who were also being helped by the state of, of California, by the Democrats of California that have, have, have allowed for these sanctuary cities and, and the entire state to be what it is, aided and abetted him trying to get him back to Mexico. Just, just think about that for a moment. This is the world we now live in. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Mr. Producer, do me a favor. Play clip two of this police chief talking about the sanctuary cities, about these laws, and this whole entire thing that costs us police officers' life. Because I want the nation to know, I want your viewers to know uh, that Officer Singh uh, really should be the focus of this investigation and his sacrifice. But I also want everybody to know that immigration is good for America if done legally. Illegal immigration doesn't serve our communities, especially criminals who victimize and exploit our communities. Whether you hate the president or love the president, border security goes hand in hand with national security, the safety of our communities and public safety. We need to know who's in our communities that shouldn't be. We should be focusing on criminal activity without political interference. And there is only one entity that can fix 
immigration, even though there are laws on the books and we should stand by the rule of law and we should be enforcing those laws, Congress is the only entity that can fix this problem. And until they decide to depolarize themselves and focus on what's in the best interest of the people, you can't establish a system of immigration that lacks bureaucracy, hopefully, and allows people a path to become good citizens and contribute to what makes America great. Officer Singh, he is the, he is the absolute poster child for why immigration works if done legally and properly. Amen to that. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Let me go to Paul. Thanks for waiting. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Go ahead with your point. Hi, Ben. Thank you. Well, I was on the uh, Hollywood Hills West Neighborhood Council when some of these tactics, let's call them tactics, were presented to us to vote on. Let me put that aside for a second. But what this is is a failure of tactics to support a community of citizens. And the fact that you're creating a group of people living in fear, that they can't contribute to police investigations because they're afraid of being deported, is again a failure of the tactic of saying, hey, don't worry about becoming a citizen. We'll protect you. And the police are saying, hold on, hey, hold on, but the, the, false, the false premise here that you're mentioning is the idea that I owe them something. If you are an American citizen and you're, and you're doing illegal things, you're probably not going to participate in police investigations or come forward with information either. Well, that's how it's, it's because you're a lawbreaker. Up. My point is the idea that I owe an illegal immigrant some sort of comfort level with safety and security of, of living illegally in this country, breaking our laws is a false narrative. The same way that I shouldn't, you know, if, if you're, if you're, if you have a rolling meth lab and then all of a sudden we find out that you saw a murder and you didn't call the police and so what do you want to do? You want to make it easier for people that have rolling meth labs to be able to report crimes if they see them happen? So that we won't arrest you? I mean, that's like saying, oh, well, this guy's a, a child predator, a sex predator of children, but he heard about another crime that was taking place, so we should give him a freebie to be able to come in and tell us about other crimes and not be fearful that we might find child porn. It's stupid. That The idea is insane. But, Ben, this is, this is what is presented to the people about why they do this tactic. And I'm saying everybody here illegally should call their city council member and ask them, how can you help me become a citizen so they could stop living in fear, stop living in the shadows, and be part of their community wholeheartedly? So issues like this don't occur. See, but the, that tactic of saying protect the illegal is also creating a subculture, right? People who don't want to participate. Uh, again, because- again, when you, again you, you keep acting like the illegal immigrant is somehow a victim here. They're not. No, I'm not saying that. No, but you're acting like it. I I, I didn't say you said it. I said you're acting like it. You keep saying and you keep acting as if somehow I should alter the rules of law for people who break the laws. And somehow that's better for society when there's no statistics to back that up. Are you saying that I'm saying that? I'm saying you're 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 clearly implying that. No, not at all. You you are. I I mean, how are hold on? How are you telling me that you're not implying that? Well, well, because I was there. I, I was there. Because you're jumping to conclusions. I am saying that you don't create a cult. Listen, did you hear what I said? I said the city ca- people should be asking their city council members to help them become citizens. 
So, again, what you're doing is you're saying, again, I'm listening to you uh, very clearly. You're advocating for rewarding illegal immigrants with American citizenship. So then then they were somehow implying that all of them would then immediately become great citizens, never do anything wrong and would always report the bad guys when bad things happen. And you're acting like there are these great crime fighters out there that would solve our problems if we would just give them citizenship while they're creating problems, being an illegal immigrant, not having any respect for this country. That's no, a false narrative. No you're, no, you're bringing in two different statements here, Ben. You're, bring, you're conflicting. You're bringing in the... I, I'm, not, I, I, I'm not bringing in two different statements, Paul. I'm showing the hypocrisy of people like you. Everything that you just said all revolves around the illegal activity of an illegal immigrant and you giving them something to make them feel more comfortable living in this country while breaking our laws. I refuse to accept that is the new normal. And you want to know why you guys have so many problems in Burbank, in L.A., in California? You want to know why some of you are trying to leave your state right now, trying to come to places like Texas where I am at the moment? It's because you guys are so backwards on your on your laws. You're ruining a beautiful place in this country. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Welcome back. Mark Levin show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one who will be back with you on Monday. And by the way, I hope you guys had a great Christmas and happy new year to you. Uh, if you just join us, we are talking um, about what's going on in California. And it's very clear that California's sanctuary state, sanctuary city, uh, is nothing more than a place for illegal immigrants who have no respect for this country and or our laws to come together and to do things that are, uh, uh, you know, criminal activities. That's not all. This is a place where a police officer who is a legal immigrant to this country was murdered by an illegal immigrant. And people are completely ignoring this story in the media because it it, it is the perfect encompassing of what's wrong with illegal immigration, open borders, sanctuary cities, because this is it cost a legal immigrant his life, someone who respected our laws and then loved this country and wanted to protect our country and abide by our laws so much so they decided to become a police officer. And that's why the media is so silent about this, because they can't tell you the truth. There have been mainstream media networks that have covered this story right when it happened on the 26th of December who admitted, admitted completely the facts that this was that the police officer was killed by an illegal immigrant. They just say the dude's name like he was just, you know, an American citizen. Completely left out that information. The only reason why you leave out that information is because you don't want people to know that the person who killed the immigrant who came here legally, is a person who is an illegal immigrant. 
I want to go to your phone calls and see what you think about all this. one 381 3811 Let me go to Kim. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Nice to have you with us. Go ahead. Hi, Ben. Thank you. You're doing a great job filling in for Mark. I have a, a few comments. Number one, our police force, our police officers, the average pay for a police officer in this country is about $42,000 a year. If you want to see what their life is like on a day-to-day basis, watch that PD Live show for 20 minutes, and you'll see how they risk their lives for us every single minute of their shift when they're out on the street. This young police officer who has a five-month-old son at home without a father right now pulled over this man who, by the way, is a gang member. We're leaving something out here. Do me a favor, Kim. I don't want to cut you off. Hold on for me. We'll come right back. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. You can tweet at me as well. Ben Ferguson Show on Twitter, Facebook, Ben Ferguson Show. More coming up. We'll be right back. Mark Levin doesn't just read the news. He makes the news. Call the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. Welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in with you tonight uh, for the great one. He will be back with you on Monday. Uh, We are chatting about illegal immigration in this country, why I think it's so important for the president to shut down the government. He mentioned and talked about that today. Uh, I think it's incredibly important that the president of the United States of America shut down and keep this government shut down until he gets the border wall funding that's needed. Border security is incredibly important. A perfect example of it is this police officer who died in California. He came to this country legally, was an immigrant, loved this country, and decided that he was going to do uh, everything he could to protect this country that he became a part of legally. All that was taken away from him on uh, on the day after Christmas when a drunk-driving illegal immigrant who found a sanctuary in California killed him, murdered him, and then fled to Mexico. And seven other illegal immigrants have been busted harboring him, protecting him, trying to get him back to Mexico. And now people want to hold them responsible. My question is, why aren't we holding the the lawmakers in California responsible for doing the exact same thing? There is literally no difference when it comes to harboring, aiding and abetting a lawbreaker, a criminal. There is no difference between what California did to give a safe haven to this illegal immigrant and the illegal immigrant friends who tried to get him back to Mexico and hide him from the authorities, from the police. And this police chief, uh, Mr. Producer, and, and play this again, because this police chief, knowing that he lost one of his best police officers, knowing that this individual had a family that had, a, had, had young children that was such a advocate for this country and came here the right way, this, this police chief... I couldn't have said it any better myself listening to this. Because I want the nation to know, I want your viewers to know uh, that Officer Singh 
really should be the focus of this investigation and his sacrifice. But I also want everybody to know that immigration is good for America if done legally. Illegal immigration doesn't serve our communities, especially criminals who victimize and exploit our communities. Whether you hate the president or love the president, border security goes hand in hand with national security, the safety of our communities and public safety. We need to know who's in our communities that shouldn't be. We should be focusing on criminal activity without political interference. And there is only one entity that can fix immigration, even though there are laws on the books and we should stand by the rule of law and we should be enforcing those laws. Congress is the only entity that can fix this problem. And until they decide to depolarize themselves and focus on what's in the best interest of the people, you can't establish a system of immigration that lacks bureaucracy, hopefully, and allows people a path to become good citizens and contribute to what makes America great. Officer Singh, he is the, he is the absolute poster child for why immigration works if done legally and properly. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. I want to go to Deborah. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson with you tonight. Hello. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I wanted to speak because I've been upset about this California state sanctuary law ever since it was enacted without us give, being given the opportunity to vote for it. So what some of the cities and counties in this state have been doing, and I think it would be a good way to honor Corporal Singh's memory, is to go to your city council and go to your county supervisors and say that you don't want to honor California's state sanctuary law because it is a violation of federal law, and other counties and cities have done that. And I think that's something that we need to seriously look at as California residents to protest what's happened. Well, and you're, you are in California, just for people to make sure clarify everybody knows this. But this yes. California has, has made it very clear they have no intention of changing these laws. Yeah, I, and I think that that's true. And, and, and I think because we, again, have a Democratic governor that got voted in again, that's an indication that that's the way it's going to go. But we do have the right within individual cities and counties, there is a sheriff in a county in Southern California who stepped up and said that she was not going to follow California state sanctuary law because it is a violation of the federal law and she can make that stick and she intends to cooperate with ICE agents and we in individual cities can step up and talk to our city council members and say that is what we want and that's what I intend to do in my city. Uh, when you talk to other citizens in your state, um, when you talk to other citizens, um, are they as upset uh, as as you seem to be over this, or is this just kind of, you know what, this is business as usual? It depends on who you talk to. There, There's a mixed bag of it. Um, unfortunately, the mainstream media is a real obstacle because the people who are in favor of the state sanctuary law are not really searching out good information. So, But I do find that when I talk to people and I explain to them what the concern is here, particularly with what's just happened with Officer Singh, people do listen and they begin to, to um, think it. It's, it's just really how you approach the subject. 
How many? How much of the local coverage that you saw in California? Because I, I was watching a lot of the local stories early on, and most of the local stories early on were consistent. They were admitting, and it was clearly done on purpose, the fact that this was an illegal immigrant. And many of the stories were admitting the fact that this police officer was a legal immigrant that came to this country, which is a huge part of the story. And they just said, we got to leave that out. Those are inconvenient facts that we just can't let get out there, I guess. Yeah, and that's that's very true. And I have to I have to find that I have to watch a variety of different programs and and. Uh, but the local news, things. I mean, was local news at least honest about it, or did they also admit, uh, admit this information? Um, they, they were pretty. They kind of passed over it pretty quickly. They did not say much about the fact that that he himself came to this country as a as a. Um, uh, originally from Fiji and came as a legal resident. The only way you would know it depended on how much of the footage of when you heard the sheriff speak, because the sheriff spoke so strongly about it. If they played those clips, you got that message. Sometimes well, I can tell you this: if I was if I was a police officer uh, in California, I would certainly want to work for this police chief because he flat out nailed it. Thank you, ma'am. Really nice to talk to you. Let me go to Brian, who's also in California. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Doing well, Thanks sir. For taking my call. Absolutely. Hey, I, I was just pointing out, uh, so Sheriff Christensen, he's actually a sheriff. He's not a, uh, a police chief, and he's an elected official. Sheriff, sorry. Which, a sheriff. Which, which, I, I, I say both because my dad's worked in law enforcement. He's He's been a sheriff. He's been a policeman. He's been a rare detective. So for me, it's all under the same banner, but go ahead. Uh, oh, it is under the same banner. But the most important thing about about the sheriff is that he's an elected official, which gives you an idea of some of the, some of the, the outlook or the attitudes that some of California had towards the uh, the politics that are taking place. We don't all support this as that last caller said. No, and I, uh, I don't so. I don't think that I don't think it's supported by everyone, but I do think that you're in the minority. In the minority because I, I mean I am a Stanislaus County resident, which is which is where Newman City uh, is is located. I work in the Bay Area. I didn't see a whole lot of, of the uh, footage on this in, on this incident until I came home. So it, it is very shadowed on, on what they want to put out there. Is there, I mean, has there been any just genuine uh, or, or authentic outrage that, there, that this could change the laws or this could start to change the way things are done or not really? You know, I really couldn't even comment on that. I have, I've really, when I say I've, I've been gone for quite a few days, so the 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 people that I work work around and, and spend quite a bit of time with that that have any idea of this they they truly are outraged with it, but um, you know I haven't really d- dealt with a lot of the people that I reside around or other than my family in in the in my city my hometown so I'd have to really go out there and look. I'm also kind of I mean I I I work as a as a first responder, so I kind of see a different side of 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 the story and that that some people don't see and i also deal with with a different different population what do, you, what do you mean by that because it's i mean it sounds like you're semi-advocating for the illegal immigrant perspective but when you said it that uh, way i may be misreading I, what you're I saying not, so be direct illegal immigrant perspective i am i am here in this great nation because my family came here legally so i've been here i've got several generations since of uh family members here i i totally support um, legal immigration into this into this great country or nation, 
I, I wanted to see people that are, are going to be, are going to commit to the nation and actually be, uh, are, uh, are going to, to be a positive aspect towards this, towards, towards the nation. So I don't, I don't believe in the, the illegal immigration. And if it was, uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't even go down there. And what I mean by I, I work as a, in, as a first responder. I've had quite a few, I've got several decades working as a first responder. So I've, I've been able to deal with illegal, uh, immigrants and legal, legal immigrants. I've had an opportunity to deal with citizens, um, both legal and, um, that are born national citizens and, and people that have gone through the, the, the correct process. And I, I do know that the individuals I've talked to and asked the questions about for legal citizens or that have gone through the legalization, they're outraged at the fact that they, they are going to allow illegal immigrants into the nation the way they do. I appreciate so, the phone call. Thank you, sir. Nice to talk to you. one 381 Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark will be back with you on Monday, and it's always an honor to fill in for him. Uh, I got to get something else off my chest real quick, just uh, that, that has been out there. And uh, if you're a sports person um, and you love sports, but you hate what pro athletes are becoming, uh, this story is going to just make you laugh. There was an article that is uh, by a website that's owned by ESPN that claims that the Jets coach, Todd Bowles, and Bengals coach, Marvin Lewis, were fired because of their race. They were two of the black coaches in the league. They are were not fired because of their race. Uh, if, if you needed any more proof of how liberals literally see everything through the prism of race, just look at this article from this website, Undefeated, that's owned by ESPN. The article claims that Marvin Lewis of the Cincinnati Bengals and Todd Bolas of the New York Jets were fired as head coaches for being black. It's this not true. It's not even close to being true. I'll give you the facts so that you understand how stupid this sounds. Lewis spent 16 years as the head coach of Cincinnati. 16 years. And they never won a single playoff game. Don't tell me this dude was fired because he's black. He fired because he couldn't win a playoff game. Now, the Jets coach hadn't won more than five games. Out of 16 games on the schedule, each of the last three seasons. Don't tell me that the Jets coach got fired because he was black. He didn't. He got fired because he got his AWS kicked in the NFL. These two men, I bet you would be honest with you and tell you they didn't win enough games. Yet ESPN, through their website, bring politics yet again into sports. And that's not the only thing that was bothering me over the break. I just had to get this off my chest because you have two coaches that get fired, and and coaches get fired all the time. 
Every year at the end of the season of any te- any any professional sports team, every single season, coaches that don't win get fired. Only now when two black coaches get fired does the media go, oh, well, they were fired because they were black. Let me give you point number two of the insanity of why I hate pro sports right now. LeBron James is now coming out saying, basically saying that being a pro athlete is, is, is in essence slavery. Now, the average athlete makes in the NBA $123,529 per week. And they get to take two-thirds of the year off. And that's just chump change, by the way, for LeBron James. His salary on court alone is $36 million in 2018. That doesn't include any of his endorsements because reports say that the $36 million, by the way, is less than half of what he makes off of the American Dream endorsement deals that pay him an insane amount of money to say, I'm LeBron James and I use your stuff. I want to make this clear. I am totally in favor of LeBron James having the ability to make this much money. God bless America. It's what makes this country great. It's what free markets look like when they're actually free markets. The free market gets to decide that LeBron James makes $36 million a year, and that's less than half of what he makes apparently in endorsement deals. I love it. I love that LeBron James is making all this money. What I have a problem with is the fact that LeBron James is all pissed off over this, saying it's a form of modern-day slavery. Not everything is about race. When you're making $36 million a year and that's less than half of what you're making off endorsements, living the American dream, dribbling a damn basketball. One third of the year and you think that that's some sort of modern day slavery, you are clearly an idiot. To even act like you're pissed off, to even act like this is modern day slavery, you're an idiot. If this is modern-day slavery, I'm not joking when I say this. Please sign me up for it immediately. I don't even need the endorsement deals. I'll just take the $36 for bouncing a basketball for one-third of a year. I don't need any of the other money. Just give me the $36 which is like winning the lottery. But this is LeBron James, and he talks about the NFL. He's a a producer on these shows on HBO. He said, quote, in – In the NFL, they got a bunch of old white men owning teams, and they got the slave mentality, LeBron James said. And it's like, this is my team. You do what the F I tell y'all to do, or we get rid of y'all. Welcome to adulthood and having a job where you do what your employer tells you to do. By the way, in the real world, LeBron James, we actually work an entire year. Not one-third of a year. And we don't get paid $36 million. And our employers don't let us do political protests on their clock. They don't let us kneel. They don't let us bring in all the political crap that you guys bring on the sidelines every Sunday. Welcome to adulthood, you entitled jackwagons.